Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording again live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I am one of your hosts, Trey Dedman. I am sitting here, as always, with Mr. Shane Reeves. So there's two wonderful things about being a cigar guy. One is when you walk into this humidor and all the lights dim and a single angelic light goes onto the cigar you want that night. (laughs) The other is when you walk in and you see someone that you know that you know is going to be a great conversation that's just a ton of fun and just such a joy to get to know. And that's who our guest is tonight. I am really excited to introduce our guest. Uh, some of you may not know the name, but you'll definitely know the voice and the face when we start posting pictures. He was big in the 90s, Mr. Jim Labriola. You want to mention big in the night, Benny, home improvement, you left all that out. <laughs> guys, I knew you were the guy You guys might have heard a little show on ABC, about 30 million viewers a week, called <laughs> Home Improvement. Benny, the hardware store, the Santa Claus movie, Joe some. All right, go ahead. That's it. But anyway, that's me. But you know what's so nice? I got this man with this beautiful southern accent. You have a beautiful accent. And then I'm like, hey, how you done? How you done, all right? Life is all about balance. First of all, let me just say this. I'm honored to be on your show here tonight. Thank you. And I mean that sincerely. These are two great guys. And you guys mind if I smoke? <laughs> don't bother you? All right, thanks. Just well, we don't let just anybody, but you're Jimmy. You guys are great, man. <laughs> well, why don't you? Uh, what are the, we usually start with what we're smoking, but why don't you tell us what you're, what cigar you're smoking there tonight? Well, today I have a beautiful uh, Maximus. Uh, let's just say Maximus Caesar, and it's a, a beautiful. Has a little nice taste that you just want to keep going back for, but. My go-to cigar every day happens to be a um, Connecticut Perdomo. Okay. You know, and I don't, you don't mind if I throw names around on oh, the show? No. Nick Perdomo, one of my dear friends. Now, how long have you been having, smoking cigars? Uh, what time is it? Uh, <laughs> well, not not so, Not two this afternoon. <laughs> oh, how, how long? I started actually on Home Improvement. Blake Clark, who played Harry on the show, Vietnam, the first comic to talk about Vietnam and all that. Great guy talks like this, Blake, you know? And he just was a diehard cigar smoker. You know, every, he just always had a cigar, and that's how I got into it. And it was great because the first month I never paid for one. You want one? Yeah. You want one? Yeah. And, and that's how I started. I think that's how so many people get into cigars is their buddy goes, hey, here, have a cigar with me. And yeah, it's kind of like a heroin dealer. <laughs> I always get hugged. Yeah, take this, Jimmy. Take this. Well, it's, it's a social thing. It's very, you hate to smoke alone. You always like to have a friend or someone to have a good conversation with while you're enjoying the cigar. Now, what are you smoking tonight, Trey? Uh, I am smoking the Illusione 88 Maduro. Mm. So it's a bit of a, I'd call it a Corona Gordo. Um, one of the things I love about Illusione is the fact that they pretty much do one size per per blend. And it makes it really, you don't have to talk about the size. You don't have to, it's just, it, it's the 88. I'm sorry, what was that? You don't have to talk about what? You don't have to talk about size, about that, 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 that. Okay. Uh, Never met my wife. But go ahead. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, well, being as we're saying that, you yeah. notice mine's bigger. Well, now this man has a big one, folks. And uh, what is that called? This is the LFD La Grenouille. And wow. it, I've been on such an LFD kick lately. They're great cigars. Um, if you haven't already heard me talking about LFD, you probably want this show because I got so much stuff I want to talk to Jimmy about. I just want to. I just want to get straight in that. I'm gonna light my cigar. Oh, go ahead, guys. <laughs> but, but while they're doing that, we'll take a break and uh, introduce <laughs> our new sponsor, Vinny's Refuge and Cement Business. But uh, this, you know, what's so great about this show? What I did. We're in a cigar bar. Mm-hmm. How cool is that, man? I mean, we're sitting here smoking cigars, talking about cigars. It's been really great to have, you know, Austin as a part of the show. He's been on a few times, and he ever since he took over the shop, man, it really just took it to the next level. And it's really great to have. It really makes the show. I mean, it, you know, I listen to the show when I'm editing, putting it together every week, and I love when we do it on Shane's back porch because just the two of us, we really get down to brass tacks. But there's something about the ambient noise back here because that's what it's all about. Yeah. It's about the community. It's about. So I love being able to record here. And I'm so happy for Austin because I love the kid. It's bad when you start calling people kids; it means you're getting older. But you, you know, I remember him always working at a cigar bar, and there he was, and then he worked here, and now. You know, he's, he owns it, 
and he he is so educated about everything pipes cigars and all that and I, this place is going to explode i'm telling you this is he's doing it right i love the improvements he's made already i mean this is a great thing and we get great people like you guys hanging out here and 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 you got a show man it's a god show that is <laughs> that's blown me away <laughs> Well, and Austin, he was on our show before he ever took over the shop. And we've said we're going to get him like six months later and we're going to see if he's a little more edgy, a little more nervous, looking over his shoulder. What's going to happen? Once all his hair turns gray. (laughs) Well, guys, I think we've talked enough about Austin. Can we get back to my career? Oh, that's right. So anyway, in 1993. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that actually is one of the things we want to talk to you about now. So... I mean, obviously, we all know you from Home Improvement, but how did you get started in show business, in the industry? Well, you know, it's funny, man. I've done comedy since I'm like 17. I I kind of figured out I'm not going to be a brain surgeon. That was obvious. And comedy just always came easy to me. As a stand-up, just, I come from a very comical kind of family, sociopath comical, kind of like that Joe Pesci character in Goodfellas, that was my family. Hey, Jimmy, how you doing? What do you mean by that? What? Cops. What do you mean I'm funny? Yeah, what do you mean I'm funny? Funny how? What? Bing. Meatball in the head again, but it just, um, I use comedy as a stepping stone to back in the 70s and early 80s was to always the dream of getting on a sitcom. That was most comics' dream back then, you know? And that's when you could. That's when you can go on Johnny Carson and and make him laugh. And if he gave you the thumbs up or called you over, you had 50 agents the next day calling you. You had a career, you know? It's a different time now. I mean, that doesn't happen anymore, but... Well, you know, I've known you for three or four years yes. now since we started. Yeah. We was down at another cigar shop and we started talking to each other. And since then, I've went back and watched some home improvement. And I got to say, I feel gypped. I know Jimmy. And when I see you playing the character of Vinny, I just I just think if they'd have just let Jimmy be Jimmy, how much better would this whole show have been? And you know what's sad? Because uh, I was originally supposed to have the spinoff. Tim Allen had a deal with Disney to spin off a show, and he chose to do... He chose to do us, Harry's Hardware. And if that would have happened, because I would have been a regular then, doing 25 a year, I would I could have brought so much more of myself into the character, like you said, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting once you get to kind of know the man behind the character. Yes. Now, when people call, people call you to do stuff, are they calling you to do character stuff, or do they just call you because they want Jimmy? How do they want to do it? Um, I'm going to say that a lot of them want Jimmy Labriola. They want me to be that guy in the show, but I've played different characters like I did a lot of guest starring in the 90s. Uh, did I mention I'm Jim Labriola? Big in the 90s. <laughs> Big in the 90s. And like Love and War, I think that was a CBS show or whatever. I played Vince, uh, a deadpan guy that takes you to your room in an Egyptian-style casino. You know, I had to wear the, the thing. And, and then I did a show called Monty with Henry Winkler where I played his neighbor, Tommy DeFranco. Real stretch. Long Island, Italian with the change. And he's just one of the nicest guys in the business. But it only lasted, like, Fox pulled it after six episodes. Mm. But that was a fun character to play, because that was an extension of all the over-the-top Italians with the chains and all that. It was a lot of fun to play that. There was a little bit of me in there, too. Let me... Now, did you go to, when you started getting into acting, did you go to acting school? Did you have a coach? How did that work? Yeah, in New York, I actually went to acting. Before I went out to L.A., I went to acting. I had one of the top acting teachers in New York and uh, method acting. And that was a big help. It was a big help to go to a good... And then when I moved to L.A., I had another good acting teacher. And every time I got a script to read, I'd bring it to her. Matter of fact, one of the casting, there was a show on NBC and... The woman from Home Improvement, the casting lady, was casting it. And as soon as I read it, she went, go home and read that right, you know. And I took it to my acting teacher. And nine out of ten times when I did that, I got the part. Wow. It was so different. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was another show. I went all the way to the end. Uh, This guy, Dwayne Martin, he was from Above the Rim. There was this movie called Above the Rim. And uh, I didn't get it, but I had, like, every executive at NBC there, and they were so impressed. I used to 
get called for table readings mm-hmm. with new shows. They would call me in to read, which most people never can get into a table read. So it was exciting. It was an exciting time, guys, in my life. It really was. So walk us through getting the start on home improvement then. I mean, how did, how did that come about, and, and what did that look like from the first role you had into becoming a recurring character? Good question. You know, I, I became friends with Tim. Well, I'm having trouble reading your handwriting of what I'm supposed to talk to you about. So, <laughs> uh, I, Tim, I met Tim Allen in 1989. I opened for him as a comic in, in, in a club called Governors in Long Island. Didn't even know who he was. At that time, Tim was the hottest comic in the country. He had a Showtime pe- special called Men of Pigs, where he would grunt. That's where he got the grunt, you know, man. And I didn't even... The club called me and says, Jimmy, you mind hosting the show that week, weekend? And I, I almost said, no, I'm not a host. And my friend said, hey, this guy's hot. You should do it, whoever sees him. And thank you, Lord, I did. And we just clicked. We just clicked. And, and then he went around bragging to me through his manager, and, and he convinced me to move out there. And I, I went for the premiere. I was always there. I was around. People knew me. And then they... Uh, I played a couple of bit parts. My first was I delivered a reindeer, this big reindeer, <laughs> and then and then they wanted me to be Tim had a new neighbor called the Meat Man and they wanted me to be the guy and for some reason they went with this other guy and Tim was very upset about that and then but he didn't last and then it's just funny cuz then later on Benny winds up supposedly dating her but <laughs> And that was it, you know, I, I played a butcher, you remember the men's kitchen, I played this butcher, and that's the one I took my pants off, by the way. You can see it on the bloopers, folks. I'm back there, I got the butcher outfit on, the whole thing, and I'm thinking, you know what, I'm going to take my pants off. It's one of those, if it doesn't go, you're gone, you'll never be back, There's, or if it goes, it's a hit. So I said to the director, hey, you mind if I do that? He said, I'll go for it. Now, nobody knew except the director. So I come out, the, the thing opens, and I got the thing, and nobody, and I, Tim goes, yeah, I, uh, Al goes, you know what, I can go for a nice porterhouse. I go, good choice. I turn around, and there it is. <laughs> it's just there. Bing, the whole, and I was younger, so I had no pimples or nothing there. But, uh, so the place explodes. They, they, they're crying, laughing so hard. And I kept in character. I never broke. But I didn't realize Tim didn't see it from his angle. So he can't figure out why is my zipper on? What's going on here? So I, I looked at him and went, and Tim, like, what do you want? He goes, I think I'll have, and then I turn and he sees it. <laughs> and then he goes, you don't want to go there. So what was great was the writers, everybody always liked me as a funny guy. After that, I always thanked everybody for being on the show, and I remember standing there with one of the uh, big-time producers, and I said, Elliot, thank you so much. He goes, no, thank you, and next year we have something special for you. And I didn't know that they created Benny for me. That's And awesome. actually, he was called Tommy until they went back, and somebody must have found out and says, no, we, as the butcher, we called him Benny. Right. So, which I'm glad, because Benny's such a more better name. It's, it's more yeah. of a big kid name. So... And that's how it, you know, it just evolved. And um, and what's sad is, I think after the second year playing him, Tim had a um, a deal with Disney to spin off a show, and he chose us. And it didn't go, and uh, <laughs> it worked three hundred million. <laughs> no, but but I would have never met my wife. Now, how did you meet your wife? That's a. That's a God thing, man. I, I was living in California, and I went to visit my friend Frankie from New York. He's living in Florida, and I went down to play a club. And this is, I forget, 96, 7, whatever. And I, while I was there, I said, ah, you know what? Maybe I'll buy some property for an investment or something. And I went to this realtor, and don't ask me how. We got into talking about women. She goes, I know this nice lady. You should take her out. She said, I'm here for... A, a, a lot, not a wife. <laughs> and my wife's very laid back, quiet, and she called her. And and this woman just sold the house. It wasn't like they were friend friends. And we met for dinner that night. Again, the rest of history. A year and a half later, we got married. Wow. When you least expect it, man. 
It is. It's and, always And that's that been way. the foundation of my life. I mean, an angel, an angel. And that made it easy when I didn't get the spinoff because I realized I wouldn't have met her. I know it sounds great, but it, that lasts a lot longer than the other stuff, you know? Now, so, I know you've told me before you, after Home Improvement, you did cruise ships. Yes. Tell us a little about what that's like, because I've always heard that being a comic on a cruise ship is so difficult. Well, excuse me, folks. Uh, I'm lighting a beautiful Maximus right now. Hold on. <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Oh, too bad you guys ain't with us right now. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. Mm. Shane actually just got back from a cruise as a what guest, line? obviously not a Carnival. performer. But. Well, I cleaned up my act when they say clean it up. I used to be rated R, but what's kind of sad is rated R now would be PG, what they do. So I started working. I had to deal with Holland America for six years. And I, I was what you call a guest entertainer. So you don't really work for the line. You're, you're your own boss, but you just... And it, back then, it was they paid a lot more. I had a I can work all I want. They would throw me three months at a time. What do you want? The first couple of years was magnificent. I was a lot thinner. I used to run 30, 40 miles a week, swim. After, after a while, you want to kill yourself. It, it sounds, people think, oh, my God, you work on a ship. And, but it gets old. You know? And I tell people, eat lobster 30 days in a row and see if you don't want a Subway sandwich by then. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I did that for six years and got to travel all over the world. My wife made good money. But what it did, and you don't realize, is... It takes you out of your career. You're not acting no more, so people kind of you're not in the loop anymore. But I don't complain. It also was a was a great was a great gig. I had a house in Florida with a boat, and I just go meet the ship, come home. But it was it, it uh, it's a little strange sometimes when you live with your audience, right? You see, what's tough with the other when you go to the cruise lines and you see the shows with the singer. Now they work for the they work they're part of the crew. They work for. So they're downstairs. A lot of them share rooms, you know. But I hate to say this, folks, but the worst line for any comic to work is carnival. Right. Oh, my goodness. They, you, you work for them. You're on, a, you're on a crew list. Now you have to stand there with the crew, guide people. It, my friend says it best. He says, I'm a cabin steward that tells jokes. <laughs> but it was a great gig, you know. Then I worked for NCL for a year. But I finally said, Done. So I'm getting back, you know, into uh, acting, and I'm going to be big again. I'm big in the 2000s now. Well, I, I just, I can't imagine that if you got to come into a read with a cigar and sat down and smoked it and told the people behind the table who Jimmy Labriola is, that they wouldn't put you on TV immediately. Well, I, funny you said, I just, I, I moved out now closer to L.A., I'm in Arizona, and uh, I just went to read for a movie probably about six weeks ago, my agent called, and it was in Vegas, and it was called Dogs. That was the name of the movie, Dogs. So, And uh, it was this security guy and all, and, for some, and I haven't read in a long time, but I had my friend Mike with me, so he loosened me up. I go in the room, and, you know, because some of those can be stiff or whatever. It's cold reading, they call it. And it was the casting lady with her assistant, and they have the tape going and I just went ballistic I went I was Jimmy Labriola and stole the room and the guy had to stop because he was laughing so hard but she was smart enough she kept the camera going so what should have been a minute two minutes wound up being 10 to 12 minutes in that room oh wow so oh did I get the pot no <laughs> but the thing is that casting lady or those producers that see that you'll come in their mind for something else they might have thought that was a little small for me. I don't know. Sometimes that small could turn into a bigger one. But that casting person called my, texted my manager, said, this guy's my number one guy. I, I, he's going to make you a lot of money. Did I mention I didn't get the part? <laughs> I just, just, but I was wonderful. <laughs> but that's when it's fun, when you go, when you can be yourself. Yeah. And so are I didn't you... get the part. I just don't know. I'm sorry. Go <laughs> so, are, is is that kind of what you're? I, I know when you moved out there, you're you're close enough to LA that you in Vegas that you can just kind of jump on a plane or a car or whatever and get there. But are you are you getting back into the showbiz thing? Or are you in, yeah, now enjoying nice your life? Or because I can do it on my time now. It's not like yeah. a, you know a desperate thing. I have a business, you know, and on the side, and 
And I also had a show I did for years called Night of a Thousand Guidos, which was, I was the first guy to put comic over 20 years ago, put ethnic comics together, make a show of it, kind of like the Italian blue collar. And right now I'm in negotiation with a couple of hotels in, in Vegas to try to get it there as a regular show. So, you, you know, it's hey. like Lotto. You got to be in it to win it. You know what I mean? You just got to keep just plugging along. But now it's fun. You know, when you go into a read for something, in this business, they can smell desperation. Yeah. They can smell it. But I just have fun. I'm having fun with it. And that's what I tell comics out there, young guys. You know, if you ain't having fun, get out. You know what I mean? Why do it if you're miserable, you know? But. But I'm glad a lot of my friends have made it, like Louis C.K., I told you, in his yeah. first movie, and John Stewart, and the best guy in the business is Ray Romano. That's Aces. Oh, yeah. Ray's this, you know, good guy. And, Tim's good, you know. And Ray is a geography genius, by the way. I don't know if anyone's ever had the chance. The guy, I think he got mono or pneumonia or something a few years ago. I was, wow. I was listening to a radio interview with him, and... Uh, he just he had a globe or an atlas or something like that and he just started you, you can name any country in Africa and he can tell you what the capital is it's unbelievable but meanwhile he can't get from his house to the 405 though <laughs> without his GPS I've been with him he can't. you ever see one of those guys like Rain Man everything oh, yeah. until he, yeah. he's got to get somewhere well if his Einstein said don't judge a fish on his ability to climb a tree <laughs> don't be funnier than me okay that's the rule rule guys don't be funny uh, I'll, I'll did I mention back, yeah. I, not to go back but I didn't get that part I don't know if I brought that up before oh, okay. and, and, I'm uh, over it I don't have resentment oh and you haven't introduced yourself yet either uh, Jim Labriel oh there we go okay uh, so <laughs> Jimmy it's getting about time to take a break but before we go I've got a question for you sure Dude, you're from New York you're from Long Island right no I'm from Alabama <laughs> well, you hide it well. Thank you. So I've got the opportunity to go. I've been a comedy fan my whole life. Since I was you know, six years old, I've been right. listening to stand-up comedy. I'm going to New York in a couple of months, and I've got to see a show. Where do I go? Wicked. Wicked? Phenomenal. No, comedy show. Oh, comedy. comedy I, show. You're going to see a Broadway show. I was going to uh, say yeah, Wicked. Right. Well, I'll do both. So oh. what comedy club do I go to? That's a good one, man. I haven't really been around that circuit. Of course, this Caroline's in Times Square. Yeah. Usually has the, the better names. But then again, if you go down to the cellar in the village, Seinfeld could be hanging out there. Colin Quinn. Yeah. See that, And you just don't, Louis C.K., you know, yeah. just those guys will be hanging there and just do a guest, you know. I'll try to find out who's around before you leave. Oh, all right. And there see we go. who's there. And, uh, and I just want to say, for your break, man, listen to these guys. Because they're really the real deal. They're good guys. They owe me little money. And, you know, I'm hoping they get success to pay me back. But uh, they got a great show. And make sure you listen to them or I will come there personally to your house and beat you. <laughs> well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be more with, uh, we'll have more with Jimmy. Jim Labriola. Yeah, thank you. Time now for the Cigar Etiquette Tip of the Week. Shane Reeves here. When you're in a cigar lounge and you sit down and you're sitting around a bunch of guys who have paid eight, ten, or above dollars for their cigar, please don't pull out your cigarettes and light them. If you'll check, most cigar lounges don't even allow cigarettes in their lounge. Find out what the vibe of the store is, check before you light up that cigarette because it can really damage the experience for the other smokers. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Shane Reeves. I'm here with Trey Dedman. Welcome back, everybody. Jim Labriola. And we're enjoying... And here's the only downside to having Jim Labriola on the show. I don't know how we're ever going to explain to people how to spell his name. L-A-B-R-I-O-L-A. Just like it sounds. Labriola, which means phenomenally talented. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a nice thing about ethnic last names is that they're typically spelled phonetically, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Shashevsky. At all now, did you ever consider taking a stage name, or has it always been just your name? That's a whole nother part of my life. I don't talk about much, but 
My first stage name years ago was J Jimmy Sweet, S-U-I-T-E. And this is before I got my life in order. Uh, my cousin owned a club that I worked called the Executive Suite by LaGuardia Airport, real classy disco. And I used to get up and, just before I was really doing comedy regular, I used to get up and when he'd have contests full around, well, there was these mob guys that came there and they were doing a charity event because most mob people do that, you know. It uh, makes them feel good about themselves. Well, we just killed 11 people. Feed the kids. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's always to the guy that wax who gives you the best flowers. <laughs> so sudden. So sudden. He's 80, 89 years old. But so they wanted, they had an event and they wanted me to do some comedy there and they didn't know my last name. So they made the flyers up and it said Jimmy Sweet. And I used that name for about four or five years until I walked away from it and became Billy Ray Cyrus. Exactly. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, yeah I would have said uh, it used to be John Holmes. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I became Little Holmes. Good night, folks. I'm here always to gift. Give everybody. <laughs> See, that's what I do. I used to walk into the clubs. And you just pretend you're going to buy everybody a drink, but you mumble it. He never could hear you, but you look good. Hey, bartender, when you get a chance, give everybody a Give everybody a toothpick on me. I used to do that in my act. Everybody knew that. It's one of those you can't steal. It's me. So I'd be on stage, and everything is sweetheart, because, you know, you had the waitresses, right? And say I picked on somebody, a Chinese guy in the audience or something. I go, you know what? He's a good I didn't mean to pick on you. I swear, when you get a chance, give the chance. I... And I would just walk away, and people would laugh. And I could do that like 20 times in my act, you know? Like, I'd go, you know what? You guys are a great crowd. This is a great crowd tonight. So whenever you get a chance, give the crowd a <laughs> And then people would see me at the bar and try to do it, and it was so bad, you know? Hey, give the comic. <laughs> so they get for trying to steal your bit. That's right, yeah. <laughs> now, okay. So in the 80s, everybody had that comedy album that they loved, that they wore. Oh, yeah. For me, it was always Richard Pryor, Live yeah. on the Sunset Strip. Right. Trey was... Uh, Steve Martin, Wild and Crazy Guy. I'm a little bit younger than you guys, so it was a little bit... <laughs> yeah, I noticed. <laughs> like about 30 years. But anyway, on my part, mine, you want... I want to know yours. As soon as you... Mine was George Collin. Mm. And I can't even pick one. I had them all. I had them all, and I would just listen. And li there was one in particular. I I don't know the the name of that album, but it was uh, about the four letter word, about the F word, and it was just you know who are you? I am F of the mountain. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> he said it had that nice word. You know, and I would just listen over and over and over. I knew that better than he did. The act, but he he really, of course, Richard Pryor, nobody better, you know. So, yeah, it's it's amazing how stuff like that just really gets uh. gets stuck in your head, and you just start loving it. So, did your did your love of comedy come? You said you kind of started, you know, doing a little bit when you were seventeen, eighteen, whatever. But did it come from a young age? Did you start when you were a kid, like just hungry for it? No, it, you know, it just came easy. Like I said, we just were funny. You know, it was tragedy or funny. There was no middle in my house, you know. The table went over, and then you laughed about your father throwing the table over. <laughs> and that's how you dealt with it. But about 17, uh, like I said, I'm not going to be a brain surgeon. I started thinking about comedy because it was a big deal then. And, it, and it, to me, it looked like that way to get me the fame I always wanted, you know, kind of thing. And uh, Was that a product of trying to get out of your neighborhood? Yeah, like, is yeah, kind of. You know, well, it, it was the thing that was going to put you and get you the respect of everybody. The fame, the fame to me was more important than money or anything. It was about fame. Now it's about the money. It's funny how it changes. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, that's when, like I said, when you can go on a Tonight Show, kill, and have a career the next day. Yeah. You know, and, and the difference back then was... People had to get in their cars and come to the club to see you. And there weren't so many comics. It wasn't YouTube. No, wasn't. it wasn't YouTube. I mean, if you wanted to see, like Rickles and all those guys years ago, they, they had shows 3, 4 o'clock in the morning in Vegas. People lined up, dressed up to go see these lounge acts, you know? And and that's what I remember seeing a comic at a show, and you'd be at a deli, and they'd go, oh, wow, that's, a, that's the comic I saw last week. It was a, And then you built up a following. Some of these guys, and you know, if they played a club, it was packed, it was sold out. Did you ever play the Borscht Belt? No, no. Uh, 
But I did do Carnegie Hall. How'd you get I, there? Uh, practice. <laughs> <laughs> and my uncle Don picks the garbage up there. Well, too. there that you helped go, yeah. a little bit. So, <laughs> but no, I did. Uh, I did the comedy circuit. That the, that was a little before our time. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Thanks for making me feel young. But anyway. Uh, I opened for Lincoln, too, about three years <laughs> after that. But as long as you don't close for him, you're good. <laughs> He's being funnier than me. He's being funny. Remember, remember the contract I signed? You can't be funny, Jim. Lever. But, uh, you know, I just, I just did the club scene. That was it. I played all the... And what I loved about comedy, because then I traveled out of New York. You'd get a club in Florida. I remember the first club I got, they paid me, and they paid for a hotel. And I was like crying. I couldn't believe this. That, you know, wow. And my first paid gig was opening for uh, uh, Elvis Presley impersonator. Oh, was Greg that right? Peters. Yeah, 50 bucks cash I got. And I thought, wow, I'm a made man now. That's so, right. <laughs> but, it, you know, that's why they say, remember where you came from. Here was a room being paid for. And a guy that was so, thank you, God. Now, if it ain't a five star, I'm not, I'm not saying it. <laughs> well, and I've, I've loved to know this. So when you get the gig with Home Improvement and the checks become kind of regular. What's the first toy, the first thing that you always wanted that you went out and bought? Crack cocaine. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, the, the stuff you put the crack in. Uh, oh, wow, that's a good question. So a hooker. Yes, well, that comes with the crack cocaine. Uh, that's in his rider. I don't yeah. know if you read the rider tonight, Trey, but... No blue m and Hang on, i got to make a phone call. That was it. Wow, that's a good... Another good question. You guys are throwing me off with this good question. The first, like, toy I went out. And yeah, a great car, a new house. Uh, actually, <laughs> you got to Weekend laugh. in Cabo. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> actually, this is how funny. Because when I went out to L.A. at first, I had an old Thunderbird. And six months blew up on me. And, and I was so mad because, like, this priest in Queens, he blessed it for me. And uh, my friend said they fixed the brakes. Meanwhile, it, the, dr- the brakes went through the drums. That's how good the rotors. But... I went out and bought my first new car, and you're going to laugh, and it was a, <laughs> a Ford Escort. <laughs> it was an Escort, right? You were right. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Turquoise. I want the Ford. Well, what happened was my car blew up, right? You know, so I had no car, and this guy I became friends with, he ran a Ford dealership, and, you know, I just started, so it wasn't the money... I took what I had. It wasn't, you know, like it came in right away big. So I just needed a new. And I thought, wow, I got me. Look at this beautiful little Ford Escort. And I go to the set of home improvement. And here's Tim. That he's got like a Porsche. This guy's got a. And I park it next to his car. <laughs> and I'm excited, you know. And everybody's like, wow, what did you get? I got it. And I said, wow, Ford Escort. And I saw their face trying to not, like, insult me. But the set, the whole day, all you heard was Ford Escort. <laughs> so, because, you know, I just started. So the money wasn't rolling. Roll. To me, it was enough. I got a new car, you know. And then Tim was next to me, and I was so excited. We're leaving. I go, Tim, you know, look at this. And <laughs> I can't believe this, but it's true. I opened the hood. And I was like, I said, Tim, you know, if there's a fire, see the way this thing, it, it melts and it dies the fire out. And he's just looking at me like, okay, wow, that's great, Jim. But that was my, <laughs> that was my big, my first new car I ever bought, Ford Escort. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Did I well, mention I didn't get the part? Yeah. Okay, I don't want to go back. Okay. That's what we call a callback. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah, that, there we go. Ford uh, when you were... Um, Hold on a second. I'm having fun with you guys, and I love you guys. Sweetheart, when you get a chance, give that. (laughs) That's all right. We know the owner. Uh, (laughs) When um, when you were on the... I I may be an amateur, but I can recognize fake laughter or whatever. (laughs) That's what I do when my sister-in-law tells a joke. She's old for 95. Yeah. And then the guy... (laughs) And then she goes, no, 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 I'm not done yet. I go, I know, I'm just thinking, the guy can't believe he brings the dog there. But go ahead. <laughs> well, it was, I have to, I've got to interrupt Trey real quick, because I have to, I had an, a terribly embarrassing moment with Jimmy. All right. And all, it was a couple of years ago. I tell nobody, go. And he and I were, well, no, not that. That, that, <laughs> that, that goes to the grave with us. But, <laughs> no, 
I thought, great, I finally get a chance to tell a joke to a real comedian, and I cannot believe how much I stumbled and bumbled from front to back of that joke. I'm sure Jimmy, and Jimmy, he gave me the courtesy laugh. He was nice about it, but I can't believe all my life I've told jokes. I've loved telling jokes to my uncles right. and everything like that, and then the That's finally... nobody sees him in the family anymore, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> one, one big chance... Blue right out the window. <laughs> no, if I remember, uh, yeah, it did suck. But um, <laughs> I thought it was with my sister-in-law Maria again. <laughs> and then the nun came in. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so you mentioned that you got. I'm, I'm going to actually bring the show back a little bit. It is the Cigar Cast. We do talk about cigars occasionally. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned... Oh, I thought this was the shoe show. I'm sorry. I brought my kids sneakers from you. Okay. <laughs> we... <laughs> we laughing now. I'm yeah, getting yeah. nervous. Uh, so you mentioned you started smoking cigars uh, because of one of your co-stars on Home Improvement. Yes. Uh, has that been a recurring theme? when Because you, you've had other show business ventures and things like that. Is... Is there a lot of cigar smoking that's going on in that industry that we're just not aware of or that we are aware of? Or how, how has that affected your, your friendships and things going through the industry? Well, it was <laughs> nice because I would smoke the cigars free. But, yeah, there actually is. I mean, cigar smoking is a hip thing now. I mean, there's a lot of women, even in show business, that do. Uh, I've seen a lot of guys. Uh, Yes, it is like, it is the thing now with a lot of stuff. I can't give you their names exactly, but, you know, like Ray and guys, too. It's a cool thing now to just get to a cigar bar and put your feet up and have a brandy or whatever and, and smoke a cigar. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in, in Hollywood now that you can see them in the magazines, too. A lot of them you'll see, Yes. Yeah, Steve Harvey was on the cover last month um, with his cigar smoking, and I seen a video of his about it. I watch a lot on YouTube, and how hard? So, another question I do have: I listen to a lot of. You're not telling a joke. No, no, I'm staying away from that. One day I'm going to retell you that joke. I'm gonna no, wait, no, please. I'm, I'm going to wait for the Alzheimer's to I always it. go, what, what hurt more, getting my appendix out or listening to that joke? That <laughs> I'm going to have to hear this joke. Yeah. No, wow. it was actually good. I'm kidding. Go ahead. No, it was terrible. Well, it was, it was a good joke. It wasn't the joke's fault. But, so I listen... <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts from comedians. I listen, you know, about last night. I listen to Burt Kreischer's podcast. I listen to a lot of comedians' podcasts in my week, and they all talk about how hard they have to work to be funny. It just—it doesn't seem to me like it's that hard for you. Do you no. just make it look easy? No. You know, if I probably thought what I do, I'd go. It just—it's who I am, man. It just—there's times I'm more comfortable on air than off. It. You know, I'm one of those, my publicist, the last publicist I had really changed how I thought about what I do. And she said to me, you know what, Jimmy, some people have talent and some people have a gift. You have a gift. And I realized that. And it's not to blow smoke, no pun intended here. But, you know, I'm one of those guys that cannot be on a stage for six months. And then I go into a room with 5,000 people and it, and it, and it happens. And, uh, you know, for me, I might stumble a little bit back what the crowd don't know. But, no, I... Uh, what you see is what you get. And, of course, you embellish on it a little bit with the character. And I have my set act, but I can always stumble off into the crowd. And a lot of people used to call me the Italian Don Rickles and stuff. And but That is high praise. Well, yeah. And there's guys that I know guys that are unbelievable. They know their act A to Z, backwards and forward. But if it ain't going with that particular crowd, it ain't going. And they don't know where to go from there. So, I so- What's your favorite joke that doesn't work? That you thought would just kill everybody that just doesn't work? Well, that happened on Home Improvement one time. They had a line. If you look at the one with the shop teacher, when he was talking with a shop teacher and, and, uh, and his hand, you know, he hurt his hand. So we had to open it and he was kind of insulted now. And, and, and then Tim tried to soften it with like, no, my, don't worry about it. Mine's easy. You know, this is easy. Mine... We supposed to let him, oh, he was making him think, no, don't worry, it's not you, they're hard to open, or something, cut it. I said, Mine cu- mine's cutting like butter. <laughs> and all week, we thought, that's going to be the line, and there, 
not I heard crickets. Tumbleweed came past the stage then, but that was on that level. As far as yeah, there was a particular joke. Never got it. Oh my God, there was this one, and I kept doing it, but it never got the laugh I thought it should get. But I, I finally gave up after about eleven years. But I kept it in there. What was that joke? I have to think about, but there was one, yes. I've, I've always heard every comedian has that. Every comedian oh, has there that was joke. One, and I mean for years, I kept it in. But it never got the laugh that I d- thought it deserved. That was everything I ever tried to tell on stage. That's why I'm not a stand-up comic. <laughs> <laughs> you could have had a good career. I could have, but, you know, my daughter... Well, dog- you guys are going to have number one podcast show. This is a great show. Yeah, it, we have a lot of fun doing it, especially because we get to interact with people like you. We get to hear people's stories. We get to talk about what's interesting to us. And basically, we just get to get up, knock off work a little bit early and come smoke a cigar on a weeknight. How, I mean, well, you got to keep up with this. People need to know. I always tell people if Sinatra is playing somewhere and nobody knows, they're not coming. You just got to, this is a very comfortable show, and I'm going to get some of my cigar smoking celebs to call up and. This is where it's at, man. You guys, you know, I don't like you both personally and stuff, but I, I think you got a, a nice show. <laughs> well, I appreciate your faith. <laughs> well, that, well, that's I all love of, these guys. You know, you bring up a really good point. You know, Sinatra's not, not advertising a show. No one shows up. Like, social media these days, though, like, that's the name of the game. Oh, yeah. Like I told you, I had a friend doing comedy 35 years. Nothing. He couldn't get a gig. He does a 30-second uh, YouTube video, and now he has a career. Amazing. He's got like 17 million hits on it now. It, and, you know, I've, I know you're pretty active on Facebook as far as posting where you're at. You do the live videos, you do all that sort of stuff. Like, that's got to be a grind. Well, my wife gets annoyed with it sometimes, you know, because, like, you know, God forbid I did a video just for us, you know. Oh, honey, look, it's beautiful. This is me and my wife. I go, so, guys, it's Jim Labriola here, you know, Benny Home Look over here to the left, and I, you're always thinking to get that one that's going to pop, you know. So I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to pull back. Like the Indy. I was at Indy this weekend with uh, my – let me drop another – oh, what is that? Another name I dropped. Let me pick it up. The Andretti's – like a second family to me who we met on the show like 23 years ago and Michael's an usher my wedding and I go to the Indy not even a groomsman an usher wow usher but he uh, (laughs) you know I go to the races there and I'm having a great time but somehow I start being comical on a video so everybody knows hey you know he's at the he's at the Indy makes you look like you're in the in crowd still you know but it, it does it gets old it gets old but I've got to say, you make it look so effortless. Now, last April... Gift. It's a gift. It's a gift, not a talent. <laughs> last, last April, I ran my first half marathon. It was the Music City half marathon, the, the National Rock and Roll half marathon. What does that have to do with my career? Because, <laughs> because you ran that same half marathon. Yes, I did. And I ran my ass off. At, pardon me. And... Uh, and I was hurting at the end of it. And then I get to the end of the race, or I'm about two miles from the end, and I see this man. I pat him on the back, and we're thumbs up. And I, I, I get to the end of the race. This guy ran a half marathon and stopped every five minutes to do a Facebook Live video with the people he was running well, next the, to. The like, great thing, who and that does was St. Jude's, which is a phenomenal yeah. support there, folks, St. Jude's. And we had a celebrity run to do it. And when I came in, I ran the whole race with a fedora, and I had a cigar, and I was overweight then, too, and I fit, I got my head, because I ran a lot before. What was crazy was I did half one the day before, and when I came down to the end, I had the cigar lit, and the crowd, I've done a lot of things in my life, but that adrenaline of those people oh, at the end, it was a great. screaming, because I got the fedora and I got the cigar, smoking cigar. They went crazy. It was, and that's what like I'm watching this guy and I'm I'm just dead. I'm beat down, and this guy has been ahead of me the whole race. And then finally, it's just like the cigar. The, the, the and he's, he's well. I was telling people like, I'm I'm laughing yeah, with like, people. I go, listen, guys, uh, you're all invited to my wake tomorrow. Be six six thirty. 
But that's, I mean, social media has changed the game because it's, it's, yeah. you've got to co- constantly keep pushing the envelope. But that's like, you, you make it look so effortless. It's well, wild. It's, you know, it's just what I do. I don't even think about it. I just enjoy it, you know. And, but what's great about things now is that guys like yourself can, can create a show like this. And this thing, you're doing what you enjoy. You have to deal with some knuckleheads in Hollywood and stuff. And you can do what you're doing here. And I think, I really think just the vibe of this and the two guys I know you are, you're, you're both great guys. I mean, I love you guys. And I think... Here's another 50. 50? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, I think that this is going to, I think this is going to be very successful. I love the atmosphere, doing it in a cigar bar. And uh, I think this is going to be big. Well, when we decided to start it, it was funny because I told Trey, I said, let's do a podcast. And Trey said, hey, I've wanted to do a podcast. Mm. And everyone knows Trey does all the heavy lifting. He handles all the technical aspects. I just come here and I'm the other voice on the microphone for a little while every week. But you got a great voice for this. <laughs> well, and the, there's, there's such a romance. You know, you've got a great accent. I don't know. I can't believe you don't do more voiceover work. I haven't seen Everybody, you in... That's my own fault because I should be out there doing voiceovers. You know, that, a lot of that falls back on me. But I, it's something I'm, I'm going to start doing again. Well, you just see all these animated, you know, these animated Pixar movies and everything. And I just, I got to think it would be great. I think your voice is just perfect, especially if they just let you be you, if they didn't typecast into a... Well, you know, thanks for bringing it up. Another career stupid thing I did was there's a little show, you might have heard of it, called The Family Guy. They sent that to my house, the script with the characters and said, make the voices for these and send it back. And I didn't. Oh man! Yes. Did I mention that's another three hundred billion that I could have? <laughs> and I didn't get that. Is that other another part, part that you yeah, didn't six get? Six weeks ago, I didn't get that. I don't know if I brought that up or that, but yeah. But thank you for saying that. It is. There's a lot of guys that make a phenomenal living just doing voiceovers. That's a whole nother thing in itself, you know. Yeah, you just come in. You come in wearing whatever you want to. How many fedoras do you own? I've never seen you wear the same one more than twice. About 25. That's kind of your look. That's kind of always been your look. And it's just, yeah, and it's funny, my father wore one, so I just, and you know, the hair thinning too, it helps. <laughs> well, I miss <laughs> the days when gentlemen wore hats. When we would all be in here in our cigar store, we'd all have hats on, and it would all be very appropriate and proper. I've always said the biggest disappointment in my life was the first time I went to a casino. Because I thought it would be like in the Bond movies. I didn't know that it would be old no. people in fanny packs as yeah, far as I could It's true. It's true. Tank tops and short shorts. <laughs> Unless you go, I went to, when I did a cruise, I forget how many years ago that was. I don't know. I was in Europe for a month. I worked three nights. That's the kind of work I like to do. Three on a ship. So, been to Monte Carlo a few times, and oh, my brother man. always wanted me to, he always wanted to go there. So, I went to the casino where you see James Bond, that cas- and it's like all Ferraris. I mean... Bentley's all outside, and that is exactly what you're talking about. When you go there, it's this tuxedo tie, shirt ties, and uh, I got him a chip. I, I made a bet for him. I forget what number that was, red something, but then I got him some chips from there to bring back. But that's, yeah, th- that's still like that. So that's I need fun. to go to Monte Carlo. You need to go to Monte Carlo. I was going to go Copacabana because it's a little closer, but I'll, I'll, I'll go Monte Carlo. Just don't go on Memorial Coke. Weekend. Coca-Bana now. Yeah. <laughs> Coca-Bana. I just wrote something. Let me write that down. Go ahead. Jimmy, it has been an... It's over already? Amazing pleasure to have you on the show. You know what? It was. I, <laughs> was it as good for you as it was for me? It was. Let me tell you, I can't believe it's over already. We've well, blown by that quick. We have. But I don't want to leave. It's not quite over yet because I have one question that we always ask our guests, which is... Mm. You're trapped on a desert island. Okay. But it's Art Goldfinger that that strands you there, so you've got infinite resources. You all the cigars you can smoke for the rest of your life, but it's only one cigar. Ooh, what is it? Now I know I know you're a big uh, Rocky Patel Edge fan, or at least. Yeah, I, I I'd have to go with the Liga Pavada. Number nine, T-52. Oh, yeah. That's a good smoke. That's a really great Nick smoke. Nick Perdomo's not going to hit us, right? <laughs> 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 I, uh, yeah. Well, and if, if uh, I think we would smoke more Ligas if the price was a little more reasonable. 
yeah, it's a little up there. And, and, and the more you go to the West Coast, like, it's like $3, $4 more in L.A., too, than it normally is here. Just, it's about $4 more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just taxes and things like that? Yeah, yeah, taxes. It's amazing how cigars change prices by the states that you're in, you know? So I hate it because where I'm at, there's no cigar bars. I have to go an hour and a half to Phoenix to get yeah. this done. They had a nice one in Sedona, but it closed. Oh. So it's really, you know, I, I wish I could take all you guys, take this where I'm at, but I get to come back a lot, which is great, you know? So where do I you go in Phoenix? Well, I just started going there. Oh, okay. So I, there's, there's a bunch of them there. There's a couple of nice ones. Uh, I don't remember the name. I just went to one that was pretty neat. Then at Indianapolis, there's one called, is it Blinn? Yeah. I think it's called Blinn's. There's a few of those in different states. Uh-huh. It was excellent. It was, I mean, it was, it was pretty up there, classy, really now, nice. Do you like when they light your cigar for you, or do you like to light it yourself? I tell you, I like when they light it. Just to say this fast, how I got into the league is was my buddy, Steve, I better say his name, Skull, is my buddy. It, uh, I do a celebrity golf tournament there. I did every year, and they got me into it, and there's a steakhouse. I think it's called Christie's. I'm not, it's a, one of the best New York scripts i ever had. It might be Christie's. I'm not sure, but it's a steakhouse, big, old style, with a giant humidor, and you smoke while you're eating. Oh, that's... And you sit there and you light up and they come over there and bing, you got that lit. It's phenomenal. And you're with all your other, you know, celeb friends and a steak and a cigar. See, that's the problem with Nashville is the fact that if I want to go and have a cigar with my dinner, I've got to go to a dive bar. And so I'm getting like uh, chicken fingers and two-day-old french fries, you know. And they make you do it outside. (laughs) This was, I mean, you look forward to it, you know. They just treat you like royalty. You go there great and that's why i got into the league is and you're sitting there with your buddies and you know you just had a steak and what and they bring you the cigar too you just tell them and they clip it and they light it at the table and you're sitting there with you know six ten of your buddies whatever and it's a great thing so guys why don't we open one sounds sounds like a bucket list thing for me yeah absolutely yeah definitely sounds like a great place to go well jimmy thanks for being on the show with us um, thank you honor, for man. always being honor. such a great gentleman to me and my wife. Uh, you have always great, been. Man. You know, you're welcome anytime in my house. Well, not my house. It's a nice hotel about a mile and a half up the road. <laughs> but I get the uh, resident discount I can get you. Okay. Well, as long All as right, you can so. give me the discount. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. I wish, pray, nothing but success. I think you've got a, an incredible show, and it's been an honor and a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, I do want to remind everybody that until next week, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Cigar Cast. We're at Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. Definitely when you're on Facebook, search for Jim Labriola. You won't be disappointed by all the content that he puts out on his Facebook page. And we will, oh, and you can email us at info at the cigarcast.com. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week. 